Eleanor was on, I don't know, a dozen flights before she turned two. And you got to try really hard not to project your anxiety and your limitations on your kids because they are curious and portable and good. And yeah, they might shout and scream or do a thing, but grown-ups shout and scream and do the thing too. I want them to experience the great mountains of the Rockies. I want them to know what it's what it might be like to live in a village in uh, an island in the South Pacific. I want I want them to see it so that they can be more curious grown-ups, more understanding people and and it's become a priority. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. This is your host Blessing Adesio, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. On this show, we interview ambitious women that are thriving in and beyond motherhood. Expect honest and real conversations that will encourage and inspire you to take actions on your dreams. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. I am your podcast manager, Kristen Baffo, and with us today is our CEO and founder of Mother Honestly, Blessing Edisian. And with us is our special guest, Trish DeWald, the Executive Vice President of Phoenix Innovate. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yay. Hi, Trish. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm well caffeinated today. Oh, perfect. And did you come <laughs> with all your quotes? Because um, you had tons of quotes at Women on the Rise. So. You know, I can't take credit for any of those quotes. I stole them directly from Max Ehrman <laughs> in his Desiderata. On Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're burned into my memory. It was... Uh, a poster that my grandmother had on the wall in the cottage, and it's something that just became, you know, ingrained in my thoughts and I heart. think that was beautiful. I mean, I've I've read some of the quotes before, mm-hmm. but I've never, like, read it in the context that you had presented it, and I, I just thought that was more powerful. Um, so, Trish, tell us a little bit about you. Like, where did you grow up, and, you know, how did you, how did Trish become Trish? Oh, wow, that's that we're going way back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I uh, I was born and raised on the east side of Detroit. Um, I am a product of Detroit Public Schools. We moved to uh, suburb St. Clair Shores before I went to high school and uh, went to Michigan State University, worked since I've been 14 years old, and um, you know the, the path led me through marketing promotions, entertainment, and uh, found my heart and my passions calling in mission-based work with nonprofit organizations. And now have found this really delicious mashup of my for-profit experience and my nonprofit desires in uh, my current role at Phoenix Innovate where I get to work with nonprofits and help them achieve their goals. Perfect, so what kind of nonprofits um, do you work with? Is it just any kind of nonprofits? All kinds of nonprofits. I mean, we have on our portfolio almost 50 organizations. Okay. And there are small ones and big ones. Um, really the framework is for nonprofits that have some sort of challenge in acquisition or retention and that's all nonprofits it's all organizations right for, I uh, mean, for we, profit yeah. nonprofit everybody it's right like, how do you acquire new customers and how well, do you keep them and, and how know. do you speak to them in a way that matters to them and you know we spend a lot of time in for-profit world really researching that and understanding our customers and understanding the data and what drives motivation and then eventually activity and in my nonprofit self, I always wished I had those resources at my fingertips and always thought that it was too expensive and out of my league. And, you know, as I was sort of navel gazing at those big companies, wishing I could be that. And in my role at Phoenix, I've really found that 
we can work with our nonprofit partners in their budget to do exactly what they need to do, which is connect in an authentic way with donors and volunteers and board members in the community in a way that matters first to them, but then second to the nonprofit organization. Oh, I, th- I think that's amazing. And and Trish, you're also a mom of two. Yes, Lincoln right? and Eleanor, my heart and my love, nine and ten years old. So tell us about them. I mean, you guys, I follow you on Facebook, obviously, <laughs> and I see all the various activities. I know that you have a different philosophy when it comes to parenting. Can you walk us through some of those a little bit? Yeah, I mean, they are the reason we do a lot of things, right? And I struggled with this sort of momness and this desire to kill it professionally early on, but made a really conscious effort to figure out how to marry my, uh, you know, desire to excel as a professional person, my curiosity and my wanderlust, along with being a mama of two people. And uh, there's a there's a woman that I want to mention. Her name is Carrie Lazat, and she is an inspirational mama to me in a lot of ways. And she said something. And is she here in Detroit? She's here in Detroit. She, she, <laughs> <laughs> you should. She's worth She's worth uh, seeking out for a number of reasons. She is uh, an incredible storyteller. Um, but how I connected to her in a really formal way was that I, I, I wanted to figure out how to fit some me time into my mama schedule. Working really hard, momming really hard, but I wasn't trishing very hard. And I decided that I wanted to figure out how to learn a new skill. And the skill that I decided I wanted to learn was sailing. And so I put it sailing. out. Sailing. Sailing. Go. Boats. <laughs> <laughs> Boats on the water. I was like, Those, th- that looks like fun. That, I've grown yeah. up near water my entire life. Okay. And when I lived in Chicago, I would do these beer can races. But I was really just what they crudely call rail meat, right? Like you go to one side of the boat to the other to, to shift the weight of the boat so that it does oh, okay. what you want it to do. So I put out to my face universe, the fa- the Facebook hive, uh, hey, I want to learn how to sail. Who knows how to do this? And I had lots of unhelpful suggestions like join a yacht club, spend thousands of dollars, get to know somebody. <laughs> Carrie Lazat reached out, and she's like, hey, I have a boat. I'm the captain of a boat. If you're willing to, to come on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm willing to show you. And so fast forward, you know, we've developed this really beautiful friendship, but she's also a mom who kills it, a mom who is a professional person, but also really committed to building up and supporting other women. And and this is a long way to to get to the story, but um, we were sitting around in Lake Erie. The wind wasn't blowing, so we were chatting. And she has a grand plan this summer to spend um, scooting around the Great Lakes with her daughter, who is 12 years old, so two years older than my Eleanor. And as she was talking about this, I'm like, oh, what's that going to be like? Like, is she excited? Are you excited? Is she going to be tweeny or teeny and fun? Or (laughs) what? Fast forward, paint this picture for me, right? Give me a crystal ball. (laughs) And she said, oh, she's excited about it. Um, but this this was what she said to me that really stuck. She said, Trish, the way I look at it is I have four more summer vacations and four more spring breaks and four more winter vacations where I get to decide. And I, blessing, I was like so shaken by this because, you know, when you become a mom, you think I'm mom for life and I get to say, right? And you're going to do the thing. You, I never until that moment really thought about my real time of influence is finite. And now I hope that my children will want to travel with me and do these things with me long beyond the next six years. But really that that sort of gave me a deadline, right? 
if you are going to or not going to, if you could have, would have, should have, don't think about it like that. Just do it. Mm. So my philosophy with my kids is not to put it off. Think about uh, ways you can get around it. Exactly. And, and, and be with them in the moment. And, and you know, if the, if the choice is go to the cocktail party that might result in new business or new contacts and might be really fun or be on the sideline for my kids' soccer practice, that meeting will be there in six years. Soccer practice is not going to be there forever. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's very similar to how we operate. Um, and, and you've taken your kids to how many countries now? You know, I haven't counted them. So let's see. United States, Canada, Iceland, Thailand, Singapore. And I never know if I'm supposed to say Puerto Rico. It feels like a foreign country, but it's, it's ours too, it's, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, it's a different place. <laughs> it is a different place. <laughs> it's a different place. Yeah. But you, you do a lot of national parks and, um, you know, just showing your kids. I noticed, you know, when we have pictures here, we're like just like swimming in picture land. Um, but, you know, you, you go out there and you just enjoy nature with your kids. And I, yes. I just think that's remarkable. So how do you guys plan it? You know, is it spring break and, um, you know, winter breaks and all this different, like, how no, do you guys do it? No, I'd love to say that I've got my master plan figured out and mapped out months and years in advance. And, you know, it, it's a healthy blend of spontaneity, uh, where the deals are and uh, who else might be there. Right. So if I've got a girlfriend, that's why we were in Singapore this year. One of my best friends moved to Southeast Asia with her husband for for work. Mm -hmm. And I had never thought about going to Singapore. I mean, Singapore is beautiful. Very clean. Stunning. (laughs) I mean, stunning. Listen, I told you I grew up on the east side of Detroit. We got we got some trust things going on. And the the most expensive country, too. I don't know about the most expensive, but I think so. The safest Really? The safest and the nicest. So they have this thing called hawker markets, which are essentially like storage sheds turned into restaurants. And when, you know, I'm saying the wrong thing when I say storage sheds because I had a Michelin rated meal in one of these storage sheds that cost me $5. Oh, yeah. I've heard that (laughs) too. Yeah. But in the middle of this la- these lanes of storage sheds are picnic tables and little cafe tables. And the way that you save your table is you put your purse in the middle of the table and then you keep on shopping and eating. We don't. This is outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> Interesting. And, 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 you know, I mean, we, we travel a lot as well. Um, and I was a single mom for a while and I would take meals everywhere. And, you know, you get all this. And I bring this up because I know there's a lot of listeners that are listening to us that, you know, a, a lot of our members, people in our community on social media have asked me, you know, how... How are you taking your 14-month-old to Sydney, Australia? Yeah. You know, how are you taking Camille always forward to Morocco? How are you comfortable as a, when you were a single mom doing all these different things? And so I just, I guess, you know, how, like, what made this a priority for you? Well, I think, you know, one, to address that concern, because a lot of people ask me about that, too. Like, oh, my gosh, how do you do this? I mean, Eleanor was on, I don't know, a dozen flights before she turned two. And... You got to try really hard not to project your anxiety and your limitations on your kids because they are curious and portable and good. And yeah, they might shout and scream or do a thing, but grown-ups shout and scream and do the thing too. Um, but it, Not it, worse. <laughs> it, not worse. Uh, but the priority, it, it really, you know, it's self-serving and serving for them, right? Like we have such a beautiful nation. We have such a gorgeous country. And... You know, growing up in a pretty homogenous um, 
setting in Detroit and then another homogenous setting in St. Clair Shores. I've, I've, I've chosen my kids' schools based on opportunity and diversity, and I really look at those that, that, that gamut of experiences that I want my children to have, and I don't want it to be homogenous. I want them to know what it's like in Appalachia. I want them to experience the great mountains of the Rockies. I want them to know what, it's, what it might be like to live in a village in uh, an island in the South Pacific. I want, I want them to see it so that they can be more curious grown-ups, more understanding people. And, and it's become a priority. And look, we're cheap. We, we're not spent. We're not flying and, first class. And that's class. one thing I want to bring up because <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, um, so for example, uh, my little Camille has been to 15 countries and she, people are like, oh, you must be rich. I'm like, Mm-mm. no, I receive the same paycheck that everybody does. Right. Um, but well, maybe not the same paycheck, but you know, sure. I receive a paycheck. I, I don't have, own my own business. Right. And you I make choices have, and I like, make everybody, choices else. like everybody else. Um, but I think what, I think that's probably what we need to address more because sure. I know a lot of people want to do that and they're like, how do we do this? And you you brought up something really, really important with which is deals. And that's what we do as well. Oh, you yeah. know, so my husband and I, we usually um, you know, we would sit down um either Christmas, no, either New Year's Eve, so either December thirtieth or December thirty first. And we would go out on a date night and it would be, okay, what are we planning for next year? Mm. I know it's a little too late for some people, but for us it was kind of like, okay, we're finally wrapping up this year. What are we doing next year? And last year we were like, oh, you know, what are we doing? And, oh, we haven't been on vacation. And literally right there we were like, you know, we have all this things set up that right. sends us emails, you know, on what tickets are cheap, where is it cheap to, where is sunny right now, and, you know, you have all this different, and we can leave some of those resources um, on the Modern Honestly website, but... So we have all these different things that we've set up. And so we just pulled it up and it, you know, brought up all the countries that were nice and warm and sunny and, you know, what the prices of the tickets are out of Detroit. And yeah. we just picked a date that works for us. Luckily, it kind of aligned with our daughter's winter break or spring break. And that worked out well for us. Um, but I wanted to find out from you, how do you look for these deals? And, you know, how do you kind of like make your dollar go a longer way? Yeah, I am. Um I usually make it a priority to get the cheapest kind of transportation there so that we can really spend on the experiences that we have. Um, you know, I follow all those same deals sites, so we'll sync up on that so that we can share them with, with the community here. Um, but, you know, Google's a great resource. Google you know, is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a, a, an actual thing, Google Flights, so that you can put in your departure city and you can go to anywhere if you know which dates you want to go it will list for you in order from the cheapest to the most expensive what flights go out of your airport you know there's some other tricks to it too right i mean we live very close to a major international airport here uh detroit airport but you can also fly out of flint you can fly out of um Toronto, if you're flying internationally, and that can be a way to, to one, explore a different area, but also save some money on some of those bigger flights. Yeah. And even Chicago. I mean, we, my husband is going to Nigeria next month. Is it next month? May. Um, and, you know, he's looking at flying out of Chicago, flying out of Detroit. So, I mean, granted, you would want, you know, convenience if mm-hmm. you're traveling, because that's key for us, especially for traveling with kids. Yep. Um, but like you said, I think looking at things like Google Flights, even Kayak, you can set up some, um, you know, some... Some of those alerts. Some of those will, alerts that yeah. will come to you. I use Airfare Watchdog. Yeah. And, you know, that sends alerts to my emails just about every day. So, yeah, I mean, just looking at various resources that, that can be available. Because I do believe, and, and this is my, um, you know, strong belief because I'm 
not from here. I'm from Nigeria and uh, you know, I've always just had that wild adventurous spirit that, sure. you know, I, I belong to nowhere. I belong to everywhere. And so I don't have a reason to stay planted where I am. I, you know, my goal is to raise global citizens yes. and make sure that my kids are aware of what's happening around the world. I mean, when we went to Morocco, people were like, you're crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> why? And, you know, my daughter spent time with the locals, picked up some Arabics, you know, just enjoyed the different local meals and the f- local folks and we had an amazing time and, and it's such a gift to see that to experience your daughter experiencing those things That's exactly really exactly and even now you know when when we listen to the news or you know you know our perspective is always different yes. you know it's never oh you know the because it's the united states of america she's thinking globally she's thinking oh so how does this affect you know the folks in new zealand how does this affect you know the folks in australia and she's able to kind of piece together world events and not only think about herself or the united states or nigeria she's thinking globally how does this affect you know the young girl in morocco that needs clean water or you know or you know needs to go to school like thank goodness that you know clean water is something that we take for granted you you know thank goodness that that our children that we don't have to walk six miles to find a clean water source for our babies but giving them that experience and, and, and interacting with, not like, a, not like a you're going to the zoo kind of adventure, because that's not how we travel or experience different cultures, similar Correct. to what you said. You know, I'm, I'm very sensitive to that, um, like a cruise ship community, right? That's not interesting. No, that's not yeah. real. That's, that's we, we don't do commercialism, no. right? That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, giving, giving our kids that perspective and that opportunity. And, you know, to, to go back to your earlier question and something you said, you asked about how do we make it fit? Um, you know, the ki- my kids are in elementary school right now. They're nine and 10. Eleanor will be starting middle school in the fall. And oh. yes, I know it's heartbreaking and awesome all at the same time. This wild, crazy, independent, confident little self is going to be really great to see what happens for her. But, uh, you know, we're very open and honest with educators at our school. And, you know, the more time that we give them to plan for the kids to be out of school, the better for them. Um, but they're very supportive of our adventures and our traveling. And, you know, it's not like we're going to Epcot to experience these countries or these different things. We're yeah. going to, you know, beautiful geological formations in Antelope Canyon or Bryce or Zion. And, you know, that they are happy and proud to share with their classmates when they return. So, you know, occasionally we'll stick an extra day onto a long weekend or we'll go on sort of a shoulder season between one of their breaks because, you know, see the earlier comment about deals, right? It's never never the cheapest to go when mm-hmm. everybody else is going. Plus, you know, self-servingly, I don't want to be in giant crowds. No, no. And, and you bring up a good point of, you know, working with the schools because that's something that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, how does this affect my kids' school? I don't want my kids missing school. Um, and I always, you know, when we're traveling, so we were going to Australia for about two weeks, and I pointed out, I mean, there's so many easy resources online. And I think maybe Trish, Trish and I, after this, we'll probably compile some some kind of resource that we can put together for you guys. But, you know, I print out things from education.com, like various things like, okay, do your math, you know, do your X, Y, and Z. Or I grab something from the school and I say, you know, we're going to be gone for two weeks. We just need some extra material to work on. And, I mean, shamelessly, we go to the library and we, we you know, pick out, you know, 20, 25 books. Like, literally, our, one of our 
one of Camille's carry on was all books. Yeah, well, I love you that. You know, I mean, and she, I mean, I mean, think about being on a flight for 15 hours right? to Sydney. Mm-hmm. You know, she literally went through like five or six books and she loves to read, granted. Yeah. But it was an opportunity for her to, you know, kind of get through all the books that she's always had on our list that she's never had time to do. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out to, I guess, from what you said, it's not even only about leaving the country. There's so many parts of this of the country, United States, that I think most people have still not explored. You know, you've mentioned a lot of them, the Antelope Canyon, um, there's different national parks, which I, I think I'm also... <laughs> we'll get you there, bless <laughs> I, I, I need help in that department, so maybe Trish will drag me on um, to one of our next adventures. But, I mean, I just wanted to point out to listeners that it's not just, you know, getting on the plane and getting out of the country. It's even maybe starting where you are, and right? Even our great state. I mean, Correct. we are so lucky with how gorgeous and diverse and beautiful Michigan is. It's gorgeous. I mean, I, I have to... I, this is where I... Um, you know, kind of shoot myself on the foot. But when we were coming to Michigan, I literally started crying. I told my husband, I'm like, oh. my life is over. I can't believe we're doing this. We're never going to, you know, like, it's just going to be one boring place with boring people. And I was just like, <laughs> Thanks, literally, <laughs> I was crying. And then I, I had an interview with our Detroit magazine last week, and I couldn't believe what came out of my mouth. I was like, Detroit is the best place I have ever lived. Oh, and, I love and, that. And, and that's just because, like, there's just so many... I mean, there's so many diversity. There's there are people that want to help you and people that are personable, people that are literally interested in whatever you're doing. Yeah. And there's so many things available to it's do. It's a great big small yeah. town. Yeah. And it's, and yeah. so yeah. So that, and it's easy to escape and return to, right? We've got these great airports and we've yeah. got great freeways, despite the fact that we you know, we still need to fix the damn roads. Yeah. But <laughs> that's well, a different topic. That's different, a different podcast. Totally different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you know, to come back to what you said about the national parks and how we make it happen, the um, National Park Service has this beautiful program called Junior Rangers. Okay. And all national parks are free for fourth graders and whoever's with them. Just fourth graders? For, well, they're free for fourth graders. You, you know, everybody can go. But they have a specific program for kids when they're in the fourth grade and they get okay, the special pass and then they become our hostesses when we travel and you know of course we make up for that free admission and spending in the gift shops and making donations so that we can keep our parks um but there's a certain pride that comes with your fourth grader being able to say yo they're with me right (laughs) (laughs) uh but the junior ranger program is available at all the national parks and also national park sites Uh, And so the kids go visit a a ranger, usually in the visitor center, and they pick up this booklet that becomes sort of like a seek and find slash educational guide for the parks. And they have to complete a certain number of activities in order to be sworn in as a junior ranger of that national park. Interesting. They love it. But what is sort of this unexpected benefit is the education that the grownups that accompany these kids really get because... When I travel as a, as a single person without without the kids, it's a very different perspective. But when the kids are trying to figure out what the different ecosystems mean and how the seed grows into the tree and how the animals eat the things that come from the tree and then how the animals eat the animals that eat, that becomes a much different conversation and different experience. Yeah, when we when we were um, in Sydney, we went to the Royal Botanical Garden, oh. um, and it is, I mean, just beautiful and tons of trees and tons of you know, I mean, so many nature forests, and I was just blown away. And Camille was all there, like, 
oh, mom, do you know the botanical name for this? This is, um, you know, Hadarada. I'm like, please. Thank you. you Thank you, daughter. Let's, let's move on. Let's just enjoy this beautiful view. Take a picture, you know. And she's like, no, I'm going to take a picture for grandpa because grandpa is really interested in botanical names. And so literally all of our pictures, you know, we have about 200 pictures of that course. it's just all the names of the trees. Oh, funny. And so now she's compiling everything and she's going to make a presentation out of it for grandpa. And I'm just like, okay. That's but do you find yourself, <laughs> I know when I, when I have these experiences, I find myself looking at my daughter, my son in a different way going, okay, is this going to, is this going to inspire you to explore Latin or mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. you see, you know, can you imagine her as a botanist or is she going to own a flower shop? Like what is, you know, I, I can't help but yeah. think like what these experiences mean. Well, Camille was fascinated with the bamboo because, you know, hardwood floors is natural. It was is bamboo from, from Brazil and she found the exact one that we used mm. for our hardwood floors. And so she's now like obsessed with how is this thing even processed to the point where we can use it as a hardwood floors. And so she's on YouTube. I'm like, you can go on YouTube, buddy. <laughs> you know, like, this is not acceptable. And lately, she's now into, she said, you know, mom, I just picked up coding. And I'm thinking I can just code hardwood floors with Stop. bamboo. I'm like, how do you even Stop. do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yesterday, she coded a sunrise and yada, yada, yada. Oh, beautiful. And so now she's into coding a bamboo. And I'm just like, you know what? This is great. Um, when you're done. You show me. But just now stop, she's like- stop for a second and think about what you just said. My daughter was with me in Australia. We went to a botanical garden. She came home and coded a thing. Stop. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we're talking about. And that's- and, and, and that's and and for me. And this is not. So this is this is for us trying to encourage women because I know that when motherhood comes, you're just exhausted. You're just like you know, I can't do this. This is, you know, this is intense. And then adding that element of traveling and educating outside of, you know, the educational system, it's very, very, very tough. Sure. But but I think what we're trying to say is it's worth it. It is, it's, you know, you look back and just the knowledge and the confidence and the yes. strength and the courage that your kids get out of these experiences I mean, I can't put a dollar amount on there's it. No, there's no price tag for that. Yeah. So, Trish, I mean, coming back to you, you know, you have all these different facets of your life, obviously, sure. which is amazing. Um, I encourage every every woman to always seek fulfillment, um, you know, whether it's in learning how to do crafts or in traveling or in, you know, doing something. For, for us, that's our self-care. And, and, and it sounds like to, for you, that's where you Trish hard, right? right. So <laughs> that's where you Trish hard. So how has all of this experience, um, you know, how has it helped shape your motherhood? journey um, because it sounded like before you were like just you know when we started this conversation things were kind of like okay what am I doing and then you found this mentor which you know that's a whole different com- conversation sure. um, mm-hmm. but how mm-hmm. is all of that you know that Trish back then that just yeah. met you know this mentor that opened a world to seeing things differently sure. how is that you know, what's the difference now? How do you feel as a mother and, and as a career woman? Yeah, I think it's a good question, and I can sum it up by talking about travel. Um, single Trish or married without kids Trish would travel and see all of the things, do all of the stuff, eat all of the foods, drink all of the drinks, right? Like there was, there was no minute that wasn't used to just get the most out of that experience. Uh, we were just in Southeast Asia, like I mentioned, and 
you know, kids force you to slow down and maybe look at things a little bit differently. So rather than seeing 16 things in a day, we see eight things and spend three hours at the pool. And I'm not a pool girl. Like that is time wasted. That's time I'm not doing the things that I we talked about earlier. <laughs> but 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 for me to recognize that that that, that the kids needed that couple of hours to reset and regroup mm. really forces me and my husband to also sit, reflect, enjoy, watch, and just pause and enjoy that. And I think that um, that story really resonates with the whole experience of motherhood. Also, like they 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 force you to stop and enjoy and enjoy Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful so where can our listeners find you trish um well i've started a little facebook group called mindful mindful travel family um and it's really just amusings it's you know i have no sponsors i have no uh none of that but you know i've had opportunity to share travel itineraries there and pictures and adventures and hopefully it'll serve as an inspiration for some of the mamas start a blog start yeah a blog. <laughs> <laughs> all right right from what honestly oh, okay. <laughs> thank <laughs> you thank you for that it's, right. it's been really great to share our adventures here awesome thank you trish thanks for coming in and yeah i mean we'll put up some wonderful resources uh, for folks here in the coming weeks yeah so happy that, to you know, share with yeah. with your group here absolutely thank you thank awesome. you Thank you for tuning in to the Mother Honestly podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, we urge that you go on and rate, review, and subscribe to the Mother Honestly podcast. Also follow us on Instagram. Yes. And if you would like to be a guest on our podcast, you can reach out to me, the podcast manager, Kristen Baffo at Kristen at MotherHonestly.com. I'm so excited. We have our own email. It makes us feel legit. Well, see you guys when you rate, review, and subscribe to us. Thank you. Thank you.